Senator, I know you're not happy about what happened, but to what degree are you not happy? Have you picked up the phone and spoken to the president of late since this all collapsed? I have been in contact uh, through my office with the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff on a daily basis. I spoke last week directly with uh, General uh, Milley, the chief of, uh, chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff and Secretary of Defense Austin uh, to indicate my concerns and to uh, prompt them to, to move more aggressively to, to correct the situation as much as they could. All right. What did you tell them before this collapse? Because, you know, you're routinely introduced on my show and others. Jack Reed, the party's point man on Afghanistan. You've been there 18 times for my last count, maybe, maybe more. Uh, what did you tell them? What did you tell them before well, this I, happened? Not just them, but I, I was on the floor of the Senate on June 23rd pointing out the potential for a, a deterioration, let me say, in the situation. And I actually said to, uh, you know, we have to be very serious about planning. And uh, as security conditions in Afghanistan deteriorate and peace negotiations stall, we might find ourselves out of time to correct course. And unfortunately, that's what happened. I think uh, it can be summarized very uh, succinctly. Uh, we overestimated the capacity of the Afghan government and military, and we underestimated the capacity of the Taliban. Uh, you use and, the word. You use the word. We. You yeah. told them. Did they make the mistakes? You told them. Here's my advice. Here's what I think you should do. You better watch it. Am I following this? And the Biden administration didn't listen to the senior senator on the Armed Service Committee. Well, uh, I think they were listening to everybody, but I think what happened uh, was, again, their assessment uh, misconstrued the strength of the Afghan forces and the strength of the Taliban forces. Uh, they reacted as quickly as they could to try to rectify the situation, uh, but the, 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 the days at the airport where those four people were rushing to the aircraft were, you know, uh, horrific. And particularly horrific for the, the veterans and for the Goldstar families who sacrificed so much. Uh, fortunately, at this point, the airport's secured. Uh, we're moving aircraft in and out. We hope to get to 5,000 individuals a day coming out of the country. Right. I, I don't want to make a story where there's not a story, but I think there's a story here. I think mm -hmm. you're the party's point person on Afghanistan 18 times. You spoke to the powers that be and told them, don't do this. You're making a mistake, and they went ahead anyway. Is that an accurate retelling of the facts, Senator? Because that's a story. Uh, I would I would say that uh, what I indicated to them is that they have to be extraordinarily careful. They have to plan. They have to consider uh, what was already evident, the growing power of the Taliban infiltrating the country. Uh, and they also uh, had to do their best to minimize any type of uh, threat to our personnel in the embassy and American citizens, and also the individuals that helped before. So I th was telling them what I thought was obvious and what should be uh, assumed. As a spectator, Senator, they didn't follow any of that. I, I really can't check off any of those boxes. We've got a disaster. Well, I, I, think, I think what you have is a situation where they uh, assume and I don't think the assumption was uh, uh, universal, but they assumed 
that there would be weeks or months before the Taliban reached the outskirts of, of Kabul. And they were also in a situation where uh, there always had this balance between if we start moving everybody out now, will we be the tipping point? Will we signal to the Afghans, yeah. we lost faith, et cetera. And they were juggling those balls constantly. Um, and I think the other factor, too, is that they were also, from the military perspective, looking at the next mission, which is continuing to disrupt al-Qaeda, but from outside of right. Afghanistan. And they were making moves in adjacent countries and yeah. trying to develop those things. But what we have to get at, and what we will, because I've already, already called for hearings in the Armed Services Committee, you know, we have to get the Secretary of Defense and the Chairman of the Joint Chiefs and uh, General Miller, who was the last commander, before us and publicly talk about what they knew. Uh, did they communicate to the Afghan government uh, what they knew? Uh, what was their advice? Yeah. And then make adjustment based on the judgment based on the facts. Senator, it sounds to me like you offered the advice and they didn't follow it. And I, I really, I don't, I know you're going to be diplomatic. You have to work with these people no, just to I, go back to Washington. But that's what it sounds like to me. Jack Reed knew better, told you what to do. Be careful. Don't move so fast. And they did. Well, you know, I, uh, again, I, I tried to be very, I tried to take the most public okay. position I could, which is on the floor of the United States Senate, speaking out, and this was June 23rd. I'd also given a speech on April 15th or so, indicating we have to be careful going forward. Okay. Um, you know, I, I do not, I think, though, when we get in, and this is the nature of these incredibly complicated issues, when we get into the factual analysis and the testimony, we'll find conflicting advice to the president. We'll find conflicting intelligence okay. sure. reports. We will find a situation where it's not as clear cut as, you know, we all knew this was going to happen and you ignored it. Where do we go now? You go, I assume you have more advice to offer them. We've got to, we have to put, the, well, put it back together somehow. What's the so recommendation? The recommendations now is, you know, obviously we have to hold that airfield until we get all of our personnel out together with the SIVs, those people, the special uh, immigration visas, those people helped us. And also people who are reasonably threatened yeah. by the Taliban. And we have to continue to do that. We have to make it clear to the Taliban that any military uh, approach towards us will be met with incredible force. And then we also have to uh, continue our presence in the region yeah. to, in order to continue to disrupt al-Qaeda and also to prevent destabilization. And one of the factors we have to be on the lookout for is it's one thing to take over the country, but as we found out, it's another thing to govern it. And I think the Taliban could find themselves in regional conflicts with tribal factors. Uh, there are ethnic divisions between Pashtuns mm -hmm. and Tajiks. It could be a very complicated and violent a few months. Just a couple more questions. Uh, former President Trump was on Fox last night saying, I left Biden with a plan. He didn't follow it. When I left off, when I broke off with the Taliban, I said, you better behave because if you don't, I'll bomb the blank out of you. And I know the village you live in, the guy he spoke to. It sounds like Trump would have followed through on that. Well, I, you know, first of all, uh, one of the problems that the president had was the agreement that Trump signed with the Taliban. 
It's the first time the United States recognized the Taliban, which gave them credibility. Uh, we, we would not allow the Afghan government to participate. And then the basic deal was, you don't attack U.S. forces, we're out. And in fact, he put President uh, Biden sort of in a box because had President Biden reversed that, uh, the obvious reaction, I think, by the Taliban would be to conduct military operations against United States forces, mm -hmm. uh, to go back in and start hitting us and making the, the, the course of our presence very high in terms of human life. Essentially, what Trump did was say, listen, here's the deal. I'm leaving regardless of the consequences. Don't attack my forces right. while I'm or, and, or if you do, you're going to know about it. Well, you think I he think, would have followed through and you think that the way they're framing uh, is that Trump was tough. Biden didn't follow through. This wouldn't happen no, think, if he was president. No, I think what would have happened is Trump would have on May 31st pulled everybody out as fast as he could. And uh, he, I don't think he had any interest in prolonging the fight there. And uh, he made it very clear in the agreement. So. Uh, and the Taliban, yeah. the only condition that they abided by in this agreement was they did not go after our troops. But right. if, and if they did, would, would, would Trump have retaliated? Yes. However, I think that they'd be smart enough, the Taliban smart enough not to do that, and we would have been out of there, and maybe okay. in a more chaotic way in the 31st, in, in May. Right. All right, finally, did you see today's Washington Post? Uh, they're calling it the I Afghanistan Papers. I printed it out. It's 50 yep. pages. It's exhaustive. Apparently, the Freedom of Information Act. And basically, the headline is uh, U.S. officials constantly said they were making progress. They were not. And they knew it. An exhaustive post-investigation found. Essentially, they're saying we've been lied to by at least by at least three presidents, maybe four, and the generals and everybody else. Washington hasn't been straight with the American people. Uh, is that true? Is this is this reporting accurate? It's quite an uh, indictment. I, uh... I have read parts of it, but not all of it. Uh, I made, as you indicated, 18 trips to Afghanistan. I've been on the ground with American units, with Afghan units. I've talked to generals. Uh, I think the, the essentially, you know, they try to, to pit, paint a very much optimistic picture. Uh, and that picture over time became less and less credible. Uh, and, you know, part of our analysis and our investigations in September is, you know, what were you telling us? How, how did it square with the actual facts on the ground? Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, we were receiving, particularly from the intelligence community, uh, very pessimistic reports about the status in Afghanistan going back a year or two at least. Mm -hmm. uh, in fact, the intelligence community was more pessimistic than I think the military community. And that might go to the, to, to the, the ethic of soldiers, which is basically, you know, we're yeah. going to win, you know, we're winning. Um, well, at, at some point in the Washington Post view, that became turned into lying, bold-faced lying by the generals and everybody else involved. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm not making this up. I'm, it's quite no. the indictment here, the Afghanistan papers. Uh, all right, listen, if people are interested in that, they could print it out, they could read it. Just a final question. What puzzles me is that uh, at the beginning of the, of the interview, you said, well, they didn't realize and they didn't suspect. I, just as a layman, I will say, well, how could you not anticipate this? 
you, you've been there for 20 years. You've worked hand in glove with these people. You know where the, you know where the streetlights are, where they used to be. How, how is that palatable to the American people to say, well, we just, we just, they, just they just made a mistake? I think what, what we saw was a, a projections that if we left, then the government would probably uh, be in jeopardy. Uh, the first few uh, year ago, it was about a year. Yeah. And it kept shrinking as we saw the Taliban move, particularly into the northern part of Afghanistan. And I just, my sense from talking to key leaders was they expected, uh, if not six months, you know, 30 days, 40 days, where they could have a much more orderly evacuation. They had contingency plans. I mean, it is remarkable that within 48 yeah. hours, they could move in a thousand troops, Marines and Army. They now have uh, part of a brigade of the 82nd. Yeah. The airfield is now secure. But I, I think, you know, it's a combination of many factors. One is, uh, you know, assuming that the Afghans would be more aggressive, uh, assuming that their political leadership could motivate them. And frankly, you know, their Can political I... leadership has been so involved in inter internecine fights that they didn't pay attention. Can I just, I just want to go over this point, and I'm going to let you go, and I appreciate your time. When yes. you say they assumed the, the Afghan army would have been more aggressive, how, how is that possibly a miscalculation after 20 years? We trained these people, we armed them, we worked them hand in glove with them, and all of a sudden we're surprised that they collapsed like a cheap suit? I, I just no, don't, I don't buy it. I don't think you do either, but you've got to be no, the diplomat. But, Gene, no, I think what the issue was, I think the question, and the question that we obviously got wrong, was how long? Okay. How long? And that's a function of how effective the Taliban was in infiltrating and basically uh, causing some of these troops simply to surrender. The other factor was, you know, we, they had well-trained special forces. They had an air force. Uh, I think a lot of people thought they could handle at least for several months, the onslaught of the Taliban. But uh, again, we did Again, our intelligence, our military and leaders and our you know national leaders, I think, did not fully appreciate how thoroughly the Taliban had infiltrated the country and how despondent the, the, the military forces were. All right. Senator Jack Reed, thanks. Appreciate your time as always. Thanks, right. Yes, thank you very much.